Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Committee podcast for the summer of 2023. I'm Gags Tandon, joined by what is the Transfer Committee A-team. We have uh, Head of Scouting, Director of Scouting actually, promoted um, Dave Hendrick. Dave, how are you doing? Does that promotion come with a pay rise? Of course, every every single oh, one does. Always happy, happy days. Then I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no, you, we all know that the FSG way is more 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 uh, <laughs> preview way first. More, yeah. more responsibility, same money. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, you know, that's it. That's what we do. That's what we do here at FSG. No. <laughs> um, we have the director of finance as well, Mr. Mo Chatra. Mo, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Sound as a pound. Very good. Good, good. And obviously, we have Director of Research as well, Mr. Dan Kennett. Evening, Gags. Good, man. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. And I'm basically, what's his name? The new sporting director? Jorg Jorgen. Jorg Schmacke. Jorg. Jorg. It's like Bjorn. Bjorg. Oh, my <laughs> God. The Borg. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not very funny. Apparently, he's a funny guy. So... We can give, we can make Dave do the comedy later someplace. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot to get through. We have a hell of a lot to get through. So to start this off, we always have to start with Mo and the budget and, you know, how much there is to spend. So Mo, if you want to give us the numbers so we can get cracking. Yeah, sure. So in a nutshell, um, following on from the previous transfer committee podcast, where we identified which players we would move on. Um, I estimate that sales from those players should be £130 million. On top of that, um, we have obviously been somewhat on the meagre side in terms of spend from club-generated revenue over the last few seasons compared to other clubs. So we will have um, ample funds uh, from funds that have been generated. So that frees up another 150 million pounds so the total pot then is for this transfer window 280 million pounds incredible incredible can you remind me the players that are leaving as well please yeah sure so the players that we um are looking to move on in this window are um Kelleher, 
uh, Joe Matip, Andy Robertson, um, Reese Williams, Darth Sun, Matt Phillips, Jordan Henderson, Harvey Elliott, and um, Fabio Carvalho. So in uh, conclusion then, that frees up with the players that are already moving on, um, Bobby, Milner, Naby, and Oxlade-Chamberlain, that frees up five non-homegrown player spots. So we can bring in up to five non-homegrown players this window. Excellent. Okay. Okay, we'll keep an eye on all of those things. Thank you. 280 million to spend. How I wish, how I wish. Right, okay, this is going to be interesting. So um, we're going to go through quite a few roles here that we have. Um, the first one, left-sided eight in midfield, folks. So, Dave, let's go through uh, those players, please, and which ones do you think would... I think there's one obvious one, really. That's we're doing and done. Yes. So uh, this position looks like it might already have been filled. Uh, the first name on the list here is Alexis McAllister, who looks set to join for 35, 38 million and some add-ons, 24 years of age, <clears throat> World Cup winner, proven in the Premier League, doesn't get injured, rises to the big occasion, great on the ball, very good off the ball, great decision maker, highly, highly intelligent player, unflappable persona. I just can't think of many better than Alexis to come in for this role. But the others I have down here, uh, Nicolo Barella of Inter Milan, 26 years of age, Italian international, proven at the highest level, about to play in a Champions League final, has won a European championship with his nation. Uh, Eberici Ezzi of Crystal Palace, 24 years of age, to be 25 later this month. Exceptional playmaker, great dribbler, always seems to play well on the big occasion. Some question marks over his, uh, his physical well-being after an Achilles tear, but he seems to have rebounded very well, has recently been included in the England squad for the first time, which is obviously a huge deal for him. Maxence Kakare of Lyon, 23 years of age. Very Thiago-esque in how he plays, how he receives the ball, always playing on the half turn, always looking for pockets of space, similar to these other players. So that's the list I've got. Now, there was one other name on this list, but we've shifted him to the right-hand side group because uh, I think he's a better fit there. But that would be basically your four-man shortlist. And I do think of them, Alexis is the the standout uh, the standout option for us, given the difficulties associated with getting Barella out of Italy and the likelihood of Italians leaving Italy is always quite low. And then there's obviously the factor of Italians failing in the Premier League. Now, there's been no Italian of his calibre who's come across other than Gianfranco Zola, who was a runaway success. That's a long time ago, but I, I do think Alexis just makes the most sense for us. Darth, do you want to run past the numbers on these plays? And well, Mac especially. Yeah, so um, 
what I try to do this time, Gags, is I've, I've really just tried to just get high-level um, assessments of the main the main attributes required for the roles. So each been obviously different for the different roles we're looking at, um, as well as things like the height and the weight and the injury history of all the players. And, and just want to call out, I'm not going to go for every player, but I just want to call out the highs and you know the, the potential concerns for each player that we can discuss in, in more detail. And I, I think it was quite ironic that when we did this pod last time in the last window, we looked at McAllister then, and one reason we ruled him out was um, we said he profiles too much like a 10 um, for the for the system we were playing as it was then before the hybrid role. But now it's a, he's a perfect fit in that respect because he, you know, he does profile like a 10, but he, he can also do the other two midfield roles as well. And so, yeah, he, his injury history is extremely strong. Um, they've said that, that that is a really good, it's really good. He played a lot of minutes this season. Once you added in the minutes for Argentina as well, he played over 4,300 minutes this season, which is a lot for a midfield player. Um, and <clears throat> his injury history is very strong. One minor injury, um, in 2021. And that's it. Um, he's, he's got no, um, massive statistical strengths. But no, no weaknesses either. So he's pretty, he's pretty much pretty good at everything, which is, is, you know, which is what you want really. So he's, he's okay at dribbles. He's, he's okay off the ball. He's okay in build up. He's okay. In, he's, he's got creativity, but overall, his general, what you would call the attacking threat is, 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 is his strongest attribute in, in statistically. Morella again, he's similar. He's, he's got, he's pretty good across the ball. His work off the ball is more suspect. There would be some. We need to discuss that if we were, in any way, looking at Barella more deeply. Um, but yeah, his injury history again there is very good. His creativity is good. Um, Eze was. I thought was. I, I love this guy. I mean, he. But he's a, he's a he's a different type of player. I mean, he, he's he's very much one v one, isn't he? And um, his dribbling is just really strong for that player. You know that type of player in in midfield. Um, but yes, he has had that big Achilles injury, but over two full seasons without injury. But he, that 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 one would would have to look into more deeply. And and Kakare, um, he he looks very lightweight in terms of his physical stature. That's not necessarily you know a, a deal breaker, but sixty three kilos is quite slight for a Premier League midfielder. But again. His his build up is excellent, and his off ball work is the strongest of all these four, all these four players, um, which which is which is good for him. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a really good shortlist. But um, I think overall, once you consider Kakare's had two moderate injuries as well, like a month out this season and a month out last season, that kind of thing. So, but once you factor in the availability as well, McAllister looks the pick. Excellent, and. Valuations, Mo, for all of them, although we know the McAllister one is around 35 to 40 million. Yeah, yeah. So, um, McAllister, um, when he, his contract was, um, renewed at Brighton, um, worked in a release clause of sorts. And, um, based on that, um, we understand that the value of that deal would be 35 million in order to trigger it. Um, though that, that might be slightly higher than that, but it'd be 35 to 40 million. Um, Barella, um, the, uh, estimate on his fee to get him out of Inter is 69 million. 
um, obviously very highly regarded all across Europe. And uh, given his age and profile and everything else, um, fee less than that would probably not entertain um, Inter in terms of departing with that player. Um, Eze is an interesting one in that, um, you know, Palace obviously uh, pretty solid uh, within Premier League and uh, aren't desperate for sales as such. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, he is a player that potentially um, could be sold for a figure in the region of 35 million, which would be pretty much the same as McAllister. McAllister obviously had that clause not been in place we would probably be looking at a much, much higher figure, possibly double that of um, the actual release clause. And then Kakare, um is is the lowest um, value of the four players. Um, so £21 million should be enough to extract him out of Leon, um, And it would be an easy deal to do now, um, given that um, the main man at Lyon um, has, has just moved on. Um, so... Yeah, that would be around 21 million for Kakare. Okay, so that's resounding. Obviously, everyone's going to go with the 35 million to 40 million snip of McAllister, really. Um, I think that's an incredible deal, incredible opportunity that's been taken as well, would be taken. So, um, yeah, I think it's, 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 I don't think there's even a question of it, really. Is there, guys? No, not for me. No, it's a, it's an unbelievable. We have to stay, say it's an unbelievable price um, on the market. If if that wasn't the price, Mo, that he didn't have that in his uh, contract, what it what would it be? Would it be double that nearly? It, it would. Yeah, I mean, and bear in mind, Brighton have become the masters at extracting premium value for their players. You know, just a year ago, mm-hmm. they managed to get. In the region of sixty million pounds for Cucurella, uh, <laughs> you know, with Chelsea, and the year before that, Ben White went for over fifty million to Arsenal. Mm. So, yeah, it w- we would have been looking comfortably in the region of seventy million. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible. Honestly, just a great opportunity, and uh, yeah, the new Lior of coming to Liverpool, even even with. Um, no Champions League football. That's fantastic for the club. So, and also better, good for the rest of the window. So, um, yes. Okay. Let's move on to the next position, the right sided eight. Dave. Yeah. So I've got six players on this list. Um, a couple of them we can probably skim over fairly quick, but one is obviously Mason Mount, who was strongly linked to us. 24 years of age, England international. He's got three, four full years of Premier League experience under his belt now at this point, four full years, has had a really poor season this season past, but then that's true of every Chelsea player. Has twice been Chelsea Footballer of the Year, obviously was key in their run to winning the the Champions League. He's also had good loan spells at Vietas Arnhem and Derby County. There's no doubting the lad's quality. I would say there are some doubts about whether he turns up in big Premier League matches. He is a little bit of a stat patter. If you go through the goals and assists he gets, there's a lot of Norwich in there and things like that. But there's no doubting his quality. Delivers a good set piece, good passer of the ball, good presser. Not great defensively. Tends to get a little bit lost when the ball gets behind him. But 
those are things that are fairly coachable. Uh, out of contract in a year, obviously, that was one of the the big things that it was attractive of him. And I suppose that's the only reason Chelsea would even consider a sale is the fact that through their own foolishness, they've allowed his contract to run down. Uh, next on the list then is Morgan Gibbs-White, 23. Has just completed his first full season in the Premier League since 1819 because he had a couple of championship loans. The best player in the Nottingham Forest team that stayed up by the skin of their teeth. Really good playmaker. Would have had probably double the amount of assists he actually ended up with if Awani had remembered how to score goals earlier in the season. But he scored big goals in big games for them. And at times he was literally the only one keeping them with the heads anywhere above water. He had a great season the previous year with Sheffield United in the championship and didn't find the step up to the Premier League to be to be too difficult. He is a player we've been linked with in the past. Uh, Ergen Koku of Feyenoord, 22 years of age. He's just captained them to the league title. He's a Turkish international. He's gone from strength to strength and Arnie Slot is using him in a not too dissimilar role to what we would be looking at for him in this this system. Very, very good player. Good creator, good passer, finishes well, gets himself into good positions. Scored 12 goals across all competitions this year. That was up from nine the year before, so he is upping his levels. Might be some, might be some question marks about him off the ball. I think that's fair to say. Dan can get into that, but a very good player, uh, Davide Fratesi of Sassuolo, twenty-three years of age, Italian international, has been with Sassuolo since twenty seventeen, but has had multiple loans. The last two seasons, though, playing in Serie A with Sassuolo, he has been the standout player for them. He has been excellent from midfield, great at picking the ball up and driving forward with it, can carry the ball, can beat players, has a good size and a good physique. He's a very, very good player. What his ceiling is, I don't know, but he's he will be a solid 7 to 7.5 out of 10 for you pretty much every week. Dominic Zabozlai, probably the most talented player on this list or on any of the lists that we have here. Uh, 22 years of age, Hungarian international, national team captain um, for a lot of games. Depends on who's in and out of the team. But this is a guy that puts that team on his back, carried them to the Euros, ended up missing the Euros through injury, has had an outstanding season for Leipzig. Scores, creates, has the rare type of creative ability that the likes of Kevin De Bruyne possess. I think that's maybe the direction you'd develop him in is is in that type of playmaker. His set piece delivery is phenomenal as well, and like I say, he is he is scoring goals at a good rate. And then there's Kefren Turam, and he was the one that initially I had on the left side of the list. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought he belonged on the right. Given what we talked about and what others have talked about, having a more physical presence in front of Trent, who can be a monster off the ball, but also add on the ball. This guy, as a ball carrier, is sensational. He's from Goodstock. His father's Lillian Turam. He's one of the greatest defenders of all time. His brother's Marcus Turam, who's a, a good attacker in his own right. He's 6'4". He's big. He's rangy. 
He can play multiple positions. He's played as a six in the past. I think he's more of a dynamic Yaya Toure type of eight than a six. We've had him on this uh, this show before as one that we considered strongly. Um, for me, I would put Turam and Zabazlai as the top two from that group, depending on which way you want to go. If you want to go with a real attacking midfielder to get more goals and creativity, you go with Zabazlai. If you want more of an all-round presence, more off-the-ball work and more ball-carrying, I think you go Kevin Turan. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Darth, let's get some numbers, some analysis on these. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, this is a, this is a great list, guys. And this is something I'm going to actually say quite a lot um, on all the ones we do. This is a really good list to, to go to work from. Um, the start actually with Fratesi because he might be the, the one the quickest one to rule out because I, I did look at him in comparison to the others on the, on the numbers wise. And I was thinking, why is he, why is he on the list? And because you can see the others there clearly statistical cases, but Patesi doesn't really have that much that leaps out of you in any of the categories. So um, unless it's something that's not coming through in the numbers, I'm, I, you know, it'd be interesting to get Dave's view on it. What you, did, did you think he was just like a, a more budget option in case we needed money, money elsewhere, Dave, or? Yeah, there's there's definitely a factor that I think he'd be the cheapest on the list. I think he does a lot of sort of in-between work as well that doesn't always pop because of how he's deployed in that team. He does a lot of off-ball work that doesn't always show up. But I, I think when he's on the ball, he can be a real difference maker. I think one of the things with Sassuolo is because of, again, how they use him, he doesn't get on the ball quite as much as I'd like to see. And I think in a more expanded role, I think there is potential to to develop him out. Um, but again, maybe he doesn't. That's like maybe he doesn't develop more. Maybe the role is just what suits him, and maybe he's almost been protected in that role where he's not been asked to do anything outside of his comfort zone. But he does just. He does always impress me when I watch him. There's always one or two things, and it might be something small. It might be like a crossfield run to track a runner, pick someone up, take the ball off them and get Sassuolo going to the direction. It might be a, a diversion run around the outside that takes a fullback away and leaves Berardi with space to get a shot off. It might be arriving late in the box to attract the, the, the attention of defenders and then giving a striker more space. Like it, it's little things like that that he does that, yeah. that kind of complement. He's more, he's more of a complementary piece than, you know, a main character. He's your 
he's your backing actor more than your leading man. Yeah. Yeah. Piano carrier. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. And when I went through these, I was trying to find piano carriers in, in some yeah. regards for certain. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one I want to look at, Gags, is um, Koku um, from uh, from Feyenoord. Um because this this guy, if you just looked at his numbers and this saw this player's numbers and what he was doing, you're thinking, "Holy shit, those numbers are fucking unbelievable!" Right? I mean, his ball progression and his passing numbers—they are the same as peak Tony Cruz, right? Who's one of the, the, the one of the best playmakers of the last twenty years. And but what you have to do is this is going to happen when we talk about other players later as well. When you look at players in the Dutch league on good teams, they have a, what I like to call a very very large Eredivisie tax because it's just about the hardest league in Europe to translate their performance data from that Dutch league into then how well how will the, that player do in a different league or for a better team, maybe going to the Champions League. Um, when you look at objective studies, analytical studies, I'm not going to go too deep, deep into it. The Dutch league is lang- usually ranked just below the English championship in terms of overall quality, just to give you an idea. Um, and if we look at, say, a player that we recently signed, Cody Gakpo, on his numbers from what he was doing in his last year and a half at PSV, Versus what he's produced at Liverpool, there's on the overall there's a thirty to fifty percent drop in his numbers in terms of his touches, in terms of his shots, his shots on target, his total passes, his progressive distance, his carries, um, his dribbles, uh, his progression passive received, and especially on his expected assists for Cody because he's not taking set pieces anymore. But you're seeing these numbers drop across the board, so it's really really hard to make that case on it. You, would, you could not make the case on any Dutch player on numbers alone just because of the, the health warning that you need to look at. So I went to uh, one our, our Dutch um, scout, Patrick, in the, in the press discord and just asked him what he thought about because there's been so many players who've tried to come out of the Eredivisie in the last two, three years and it's not really worked out in any way. And, and he says that the manager's had a big influence on this player. He used to be quite unfit, and now he's pretty much one of the fittest players in the Eredivisie. He's playing full 90 minutes and going hard right to the end of games. Um, he's also playing in a midfield two next to a you know um, a kind of more defensive player. Um, and yeah, he's he's thinking that he could make the step up, but he would he would just basically be, he become he would still be that playmaker type, and he'd still be a passing monster in a progressive role. Um, and um, apparently the rumours are Benfica, Dave. Is that true? Yes, that's what I've heard as well. <clears throat> that, well, what I've, what, I've heard, what I've read as well is that Benfica are very, very keen to get... Enzo him. replacement? I would guess so, yeah. He, he'd make ideal sense in there, just sort of as that metronome who can... He offers a little bit more than Enzo in terms of ball carrying and, you know, mm. final final third um, shots, assists, etc. Um, Enzo's more comfortable sort of sitting and holding but yeah I think that's exactly what he'd be is he'd be their, en- their next Enzo and then they'd probably sell him to Chelsea for 100 million in a year <laughs> but yeah if you just gags if you take um, if you take Koku's numbers 
yeah, his creative creativity is off the scale. His and so is his passing and his build up is very good as well, as well as his general threat in terms of shots and uh yeah, and his work around the box. So yeah, unbelievable. But the from the analytics department, we are extremely wary of of taking any player from the Dutch league, unfortunately. Um but that would be your decision. Um Mason Mount. Um so um I think he was elite two years ago. His numbers were elite two years ago in the season that Chelsea won the Champions League. Literally across the board, they were elite. He was one of the best players in the Premier League. <clears throat> the question is, why has he declined this season? Is it's not? It can't just be because of one bad season with 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 the whole of the Chelsea team. There is a reason for that, and because he, it, my concern with the, with, with Mount is that I agree he's well suited to our style, especially in this in the new system, can he recover his good form? I, there's, a, there's a non-analytical suspicion of mine that he's going to be one of these players like um, Emmanuel Adebayor who, who suffers from new contractitis. As soon as he gets that big contract, the performance is, you know, the edge goes and, you know, the, but you would need to speak to the people who know him personally to understand what, what his motivations are guys, on that side of things. In terms of his stats, overall, his, his overall attacking threat is still good and his off-ball work is still good, but it's, it's, it's a level below where it was. If, if, if the deal was maybe, as was rumoured at the start of the window, uh, more McAllister levels, then, you know, you think there's a case for it. But then if, 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 if it's a lot more, depends what Mo's looking at with the, with the overall package, it, it, there, there might come a point where the Mount deal doesn't make sense. The wages would scare me on him. Yeah. If he's looking, looking for two fifty a week. That's yeah, thirteen million a year. Yeah, you and you and you're wanting elite level production at that yeah. at that range of wage. And and I just I think he's he's got good production. Yeah, but not yeah. I, I, I do you know as well? It worries me as well when we saw players whose whose level spiked when there was no fans in the stands, right? And and then dropped off. After, because we've seen the likes of Luke Shaw, for example, looked unbelievable when there was no fans, and as soon as fans came back in, he just went back to being the same error-prone defender. Mount hasn't didn't drop off immediately, but it has been a sort of a gradual drop off, and then a big drop yeah. this year. And I do just wonder if maybe just doesn't always feel the most comfortable in front of fans with with a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? It's another intangible, isn't it? Um, now, Kefren Turam, Jags, um, yeah, the physicality here, the big attraction, you know, one meter 91, 82 kilos. That's that we need more players like that in the Premier League. The other, another big attraction with him is his injury history. Not a single injury ever, according to Transfer Markt. Okay. He's only 22, but that's a very good thing. Um, his creativity is okay. Um, not as good as most of the other players on this shortlist. And the same with his build-up. His strongest statistical side is definitely his dribbling and his carrying. He is he is one of the best. He's probably the best on this list. He is, in fact, he is the best on this list in terms of dribbling and carrying the ball. Um, but he's, over, he, he's not particularly... Uh, big on, on 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 the shots and the actual work in in the actual box in and around the box itself, um, especially compared to the other ones on this list. Um, and his off his off work is okay as well. And okay, so there's there's 
again, it depends on the kind of deal that could be made there and what what exact attributes you're looking for. Morgan Gibbs White, this I this is a great entry on this list. He 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 is a very he's a very good player on a 16th place team, and we have signed such players like before and and done very well for us like Ginny Wijnaldum, um, Andy Robertson, um, Ed Sadio Mane. Um, he's had no injuries in the last two seasons, but before that, he his career was wrecked with injury. Before that, uh, he had. A broken foot and then two bad injuries in 1920. He did have, also have an extremely good year in the championship. I think he had something ridiculous, like 28 goal involvements um, in the championship season. When when um, I think it was was it Sheffield United, Dave got promoted. Yeah, uh, they didn't get promoted. They they knocked out in the playoffs, I think. But yeah, he was on. But him him and Illman and Jai were just yeah, yeah. But he is he is great at everything, Gags. Well, he's not great. He's good at everything. He's got good injury history the last two years, good creativity, good threat around the box, good in build-up, good at dribbles. Um, <laughs> the only slight concern is his, is his off-ball work, and, and he's obviously homegrown. Came, came um, through at Wolverhampton, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Did indeed. <laughs> Somebody in the water there, Gags. But yeah, good lad. Uh, definitely a good lad there. Um, but the the clear pick is Dominic Zaboslai. This This... Of all the players on all the lists, this is our the number one analytics target for us. Um, and the main reasons for this is he's, he's got a very good physical stature. He's one meter eighty six gag, so he's six two, he's seventy three kilos, but he's faster than Jude Bellingham, mm-hmm. significantly faster, and he makes a lot more sprints per ninety than Jude Bellingham. So he's thirty five. He, to- he tops out of thirty five kilometers an hour. That is uh, literally a, f- a whisker below Mo Salah. He he is rapid and he sprints like a motherfucker, as Sai would say. Uh, what about what about Kefren in, in the sprint numbers? Uh, we don't have it. Sorry, we don't have League One. I'm afraid. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the Bundesliga are really good. They publish all their physical data on their website. You know, the only league in Europe to do so. You know, typical Germans, isn't it? They're very efficient. Very <laughs> efficient. They put those lads out there podcast them. Yeah. So Zaboslai, anyway, his injury history is good. He's had one minor injury, no injuries this season, one minor injury last season. Did have a major adductor muscle in 2021. Uh, three years ago, but that, that's it. Um, his creativity is strong. He's very, you know, that's his strongest suit in terms of his key passes and his expected assists. Um, his, his threat, overall threat around the box is good. Um, his build up is good and his dribbles are good as well. And his off ball work is okay. Um, but he, he would be the most attacking of the eights and the, the most attacking midfield player in our system mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, this, this guy, yeah, can we get him? <laughs> Let's see what the numbers are like in terms of cost and valuation, um, Mo. Okay, so um, let, let's start with uh, the cheapest option. Um, so that's Fratesi. Um, his valuation is uh, 21 million. Um, so his contract ends in 2026. And um, Sassuolo are not a club that generally. Uh, extract premium value for their players. So that that's the value for money option. Um, moving on, um, Hotchu is um, a player who's obviously created a bit of buzz um, over the last few months. Um, but that said, um, again, Feyenoord generally are not a type of club that um, sell for huge money. So 30 million 
uh, should be enough to um, extract that player out of that club. He has two years left on his deal. So Feyenoord really will be looking to sell uh, the player this summer. Um, moving on to um, Kefren Thuram. Um, so we're probably looking at a figure in the region of about 35 million. Um, nice, previously, their record fee uh, for a sale was uh, about two, three years ago. Uh, Jean-Michel Serri, who went for about 26 million. Um, also, wages-wise, um, we'd be looking at relatively low wages um, for the player. Um, you know, he's probably on around 10, 15,000 a week. 14. 14. It came out recently. He's on 14 grand a week. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he, he wouldn't be uh, coming in on, on you know, any, anywhere near his six-figure salary to begin with. Um, so, so that would certainly be appealing. Um, Shobislai is a player who um, obviously is playing for a club who we have a good relationship with. So, so that would certainly help in um, getting a deal done. Um, but, you know, as touched on, um, he is a player that is very, very sought after and is a player that won't escape the attention of any scout across Europe. Um, it is believed that there is a release clause in place in his contract. Um, there has been differing uh, reports about exactly what it is, um, but I estimate it to be in the region of about 60 million euros, so about 52 million pounds um, for, for getting that player out of that club. So um, when we talk about you know how good a player he is and the potential he has, um, 52 million might be a very, very good deal. Um, and then the final two players, um, both homegrown players, obviously. Morgan Gibbs-White um, has been Forest standout player um, of the last 12 months. And we would probably be looking at a figure in the region of £60 million, which sounds very, very high. But bear in mind his uh, fee, including add-ons to take him to Forest, was £42.5 million. Uh, that said, um, Vangelos Marinakis, the owner of Nottingham Forest, who's like um, Capo de Capo type character. He has a soft spot for Liverpool Football Club. Um, so there is the possibility he might do us mates rates, but I wouldn't be completely de- hopeful of that either. So 60 million, I think, would be enough to tempt him. And then finally, uh, Mason Mount, um, he's got a year left on his contract. And Chelsea, we know, are in desperate need of generating significant sales uh, for a variety of reasons, but even then, um, they have been talking about wanting to sell him for no no less than eighty million. But I think the deeper we go into the window, I, I think sixty five million will be more than enough to get that deal done. But as touched on earlier, the wages for me are a complete way, uh, deal breaker. Um, the player and his agent are looking for two hundred fifty thousand a week. That would not fit in our wage structure. So um, for, for me, you know, for that plus the transfer fee. I would not be looking to go near Mason Mount. Wow. Okay. So let's have some um, let's have some votes. Um, so Dom, Dom, has everybody pretty much picked Dom? Yeah, I think given given the savings we made on Alexis, we can afford to go a bit more expensive on that right sided role. And the talent is the talent, and it, with him, it's it's just too much to turn down. That this is a very, very special footballer, and he's got 
exactly the type of mentality that we want in our team. Like this guy is a winner. This guy will drag a team across the line if need be. And he has spoken glowingly about our manager in the past when he was at Red Bull Salzburg and we were drawn to play them. There is a video of himself and one Erling Haaland practically crying with joy about the fact that they were going to get to play against Liverpool at Anfield. So um, based on the talent, the fee, the wages, I think Sabah's lies the, the whole package. We might revisit one of the others later in the pod, but yeah, I think Dom is the one. And Darth, your thoughts as well on the fee as well? Well, I mean, if there's a release clause, um, Gags, we like release clauses. Is, is there? Can we? Are we? Are we sure? Well, I mean, you 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 found out about <laughs> you found out about Alexis's one, so get on the blower to your friends in Germany. So, without a release clause, what was it again, Mo? He's going to be yeah, expensive. yeah. So, fifty-two million, <clears throat> and uh, without a release clause, it we would probably be looking in the region of ninety million or more. Oh, I don't think we would. I don't think we would because. They're selling Christopher Nkunku to Chelsea for 60. I don't think he'd be 90. It's it's Leipzig. They're realistic. They, they know that they're a stopgap for players. That's a club where you go develop and move on. That's the entire model there. They cannot afford to start pricing players out of moves. I'm fairly certain there is a release close. The most widely reported clause I've seen is 70 million euro, which mm. is probably 60 million pounds. Even at that, I think you do it. I, I think he's that good. I don't think you'd have any regrets. The only, the only issue from ever has been that, that one injury that cost him the, when he joined, joined Sol, uh, Leipzig from Salzburg, he had the injury and it kept him out for a while and he ended up missing the euros. But that's literally it. That's the only thing that would be of any concern. But he's he's a monster. He's an Sorry. absolute monster. Yeah. Sorry, Mo. Remind me to Rams um, fee again. Uh, Thirty-five to Ram. Wow. Okay, there's value there as well. There is, um, and if if we're going to come back around later, and hmm. there's money left. I would say it would be worth picking up Turam as well because of what he can offer across the board in a variety of positions and his potential and his profile. But I think if it's a straight choice, even with the difference, I think it's done. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm happy at 60 million if that is the, you know, I, I, I actually feel like it will be between 60 and 70 million anyway, like the full price, like, you know, there's a 50 million, um, there's a 60 million, sorry, pounds, um, clause, and that's fine. That's fine. But I think if it was, if there wasn't a clause, it'd probably be about 70 million pounds, which again, I would have probably said yes to as well. So, uh, just because of the numbers, uh, and, you know, how Dave's pushing, how Dan's pushing, I would definitely probably, you know, say let's, Let's go with that. I think it's a good thing wise, when 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 the scouts are, when the scouts agree with the um, the nerds, it's a it's always a good thing. I think. Well, you can't say no, then can you? Really? Yeah. The money has to be spent, <laughs> especially when you've got two hundred eighty million. We don't have to worry too much at this stage. 
But, I think I can save us a bit of money later as well on, on yeah. a different position. So we, we might be able to get want, Efren uh, within budget anyway. And we need to do we need to think about homegrown as well. So we've got six positions. I just mm. don't want us to go we've got five non homegrown spots, right? So yeah. Well now we now just, we've just filled two of them. Exactly. So we just yeah. need to keep an eye and, and make sure. And if we did want to get an extra, maybe we need to think about two homegrown in some of these mm-hmm. positions, but we can think about that in a sec. Um okay. That's uh, Dom then. Uh, DM, Dave. Yeah, so we have a five-player list here, but I think we might be able to rule out one of them, who was Manuel Ugart, who looks like he's on his way to PSG. Um, Just as a ball winner, he is incredible. Just an absolute horrible fucker who will go out and kick everybody and take the ball off them and then give it to the lads in his team that can play. Uh, like a modern day Mascherano, but it looks like he's on his way to PSG, having turned down Chelsea. So at least he's got a bit of decent taste. Um, so we're left with basically four players: Moises Caicedo of Brighton, twenty-one years of age. For me, one of the best midfielders in the league already. He was in my team of the season for last year, but this this year just finished. I think he's got immense potential to be anything you want him to be. Can play as an eight, can play as a six. He's even played right back moving into midfield. So give you some cover in the Trent role. Um, I, I just think he's a, a fantastic player. Um, Romeo Lavia, 19 years of age at Southampton, just finished his first professional season. This kid has been talked about since he was 15 as the next big thing from Belgium. City snapped him up without ever kicking a senior football. Southampton paid 15 million for him and City demanded a buyback of 40 million. So that's the kind of esteem he's held in before he does anything. This past season, he is the lone bright spot in that Southampton team. Let down by senior players around him who simply weren't of his level let down by his club captain who sat next to him in midfield and just did nothing, let down by senior defenders, senior attackers. But this kid is the real deal. Could be, again, anything you want him to be, but I do think the natural role from is going to be as a six. Uh, this one is a long shot. This is last summer's top midfield target, Aurelien Chouameni who might just become available because Jude Bellingham is on his way to Real and Real now have to replace Benzema and might need to find money for Harry Kane. So he's definitely one that I think is worth at least a phone call over if we have the money. And then Manu Kone, who we've had on this pod before. He is absolutely immense. He's so dynamic. Great ball winner, decent progressor of the ball, versatile, good ball carrier. And frankly, if you watched him against Jude in any of their meetings and told somebody one of them is going to Real Madrid for a hundred million this summer, not one person, not one person who's being honest with themselves would have picked Bellingham because this guy monstered Jude Bellingham pretty much every time they went up against each other. This guy is outstanding. So I'm happy with any of them. Caicedo and Chumeni will cost far more than Lavia 
or Kone would. One of the big pluses with Lavia is that he will count as homegrown eventually, but not for three more years. He's got three more years as an under-21 player. Um, but Kone, for the new shape, might even fit a little bit better because of how dynamic he is and how much ground he can cover. Darth. Yeah, let's start, start with Ugarte. Um There is... I'm not going to go on the, the, the taxes again. There is a Premier League tax on players, not as big, nowhere near as big as the Eredivisie tax, but there's a small tax on Premier League players. But one thing about Ugarte, which doesn't need, you don't need to tax, is his injury history, which is outstanding. Again, complete, almost like a complete clean bill of health there. Very good option there. Off the ball, he's the strongest of the five. Even, even versus Chouameni and Casido, he's the best off the ball by a long distance. Um, a big distance. Uh, he, he's, he's okay 1v1 um, and his aerial and his passing and his, in, his carries are all okay. You know, they're, they're not standout. His stand is, is his number one work is, 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 is the dirty work. Um, Lavia, um, he says he's only had his first full season. Um, unfortunately, it did include quite a, a major hamstring injury in there. Um, the key, this is, Ultimately, it's your decision, Gags. Um, depends whether you are, whether we are looking to basically buy a player to push Fabinho to the bench now, um, which I think is maybe we should do, um, or whether we're looking for a prospect to take over from him in, in, in the long run. Um, but yeah, so he, he's got, he's got the engine of, as you'd expect of an 18 year old, a 19 year old. So, you know, he's not, he's not finishing that many games yet and he does tire a lot. Um, so that, 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 that will come with time. Um, but all his, all his, all his stats, they're, they're what you would say, they're more of a youth player stats. They're not an experienced, um, level player yet. They're all moderate in, in their, in their, in their context. So you'd just be buying on the scouts recommendation as a, as a, as a future as a future prospect to come into, you know, to come into the team gradually. Um, Moises Caicedo, um, another player with an Im- impeccable injury history, um, one minor injury in three seasons. Again, you cannot, you cannot fault that. Um, he, he, he is not weak at anything, uh, at any of the metrics. Um, Whereas you could say Ugarte's is, is, is passing and carrying is okay, and is you know, but Casado is good or he's good or better at everything, right? So, uh, yeah, he's just a very, very, very good player, and he's only twenty-one, which is quite quite ridiculous. Um, Chuameni, I just get all that praise about Casado, but Chuameni is better again. He's the best player on this profile on the shortlist. By a by a long distance, um, he 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 is all round. Again, good or even strong at everything. Um, he's got a slightly worse injury history than Caicedo and Ogate. That's it. that's about it. Um, he's had two injuries this season. He did one small one last season and one one the previous before. Um, we've got his we've got his top speed from the World Cup data this year of thirty three point seven. Which kilometers an hour, which is very good for a centre midfield player. Um, Coney, who we're going to come to in a minute, is eight, also over 33k in his, in his top speed. Um, McAllister, for example, in the same World Cup was only 31.2. So that's one of Max, more, 
weaker attributes would be his would be his top speed. Um, but Chiuameni, just just unbelievable profile. Just as we said before, we wanted to sign him, Gags. He 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 is the stats anomaly. He he, he you know he's good at everything, it's, and the stats are brilliant across the board. And it's still the case now. So if there's even a possibility of getting him, just make that phone call, see what happens. Um, but yeah, he, he apparently he wanted to join us last year. You, you, you spoke to him a lot, didn't you? So, uh, you know, that you know, that, and he broke your heart. He did. He did. And uh, for that reason only, I, I probably, um, would not pick him. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. Oh, you got to get past it. Like you're a spike. Hold, hold this doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> no, no. This is but, business gags. And is there anyone else that was Kone? Yeah, Kone, Kone, yes. Kone, right. So, um, Kone is, He's, he's got a crazy profile. He's got some stuff which is the best of anybody playing this, and he's got the stubborn stuff which is the worst of any player on the list. It's just nuts. Um, he's got, um, a, first things first, moderate injury history, right? So he's had four separate injuries this season, all small. He had medial ligament surgery last year. He had a clear year the year before that. And then in 1920, he had four small injuries. So compared to all the other players, he's got much more of an injury history. I wouldn't say it was bad, um, just like four small, you know, like a week at a time things this year. Um, he's very good 1v1. That's unquestionable. Um, his general off-the-ball work, when it's not involved in duels, is less good, but it's still okay. His aerial ability is mysteriously weak, considering he's not short. He's, one, he's, he's, he's six foot. Um, but that is, that is something I don't know. I don't know watch enough of the, uh, Gladbach games to know how they defend aerial balls and what, but he doesn't seem to get involved and he doesn't seem to win many, many when he does, but he's not short. That's the weird thing. His passing is good. Um, he's good. His carries are the best on the list at carrying the ball. Um, one thing though, his engine is also unbelievable in terms of getting up and down the pit. And we do have his physical data from the Bundesliga. So he is very good. He's over 11 and a half kilometers per 90 gags in his distance, which, you know, you know, Klopp always wants players between 11 and 12 K per game in we the do. field. Yeah. We do. Yeah. So he's, he's got that and he's proved that. It's over what we're time. missing. It's what we're missing. Yeah. Exactly. We're missing yeah. One thing that is a real ring, possible ring again, needs more scouting to understand it is in terms of his miscontrol receiving the ball and his way he's caught on the ball, he does get, he's in the first percentile in, in, of all players in midfield for, for getting basically, I think it's four, about four times per game. He either miscontrols or loses the ball when he's on it. They're very close. So that's something we wouldn't, that's, that's a, a, a weak point. Focus. He lacks, the one big flaw is kind of focus. You'll see it as well in some of his passing that he, he'll look at the player, he'll know they're there. And then I don't know, maybe something shiny will catch his attention and then he'll give the ball away very foolishly. But it's the same thing with his control. Ball yeah. will come to him and it's almost like he's trying to plan what am I doing next before he's executed? Just get the ball yeah. under control and, and see from there. But I, I do think that's a coachable. Yeah. Thing. He's 22 as well. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there's a lot to, he's got time on his side in that respect. Um, and the thing that is absolutely fascinating, and me, Gags, I don't think I've ever seen a player like this. He's, he's literally the most filed player in the last three seasons, two seasons in the Bundesliga, one in league earn. And he's literally been the first or second most player in the league in, in, in all three seasons. So it must be something about his nature because he's so physical. And he's so competent. It's ball carrying. 
It's ball yeah. carrying, right? And that's he, ball carrying. Anybody, he a ton of fouls. Yeah, when you, all of them. Anyone who well, ball carries. This is why Zaha gets the most fouls and stuff Man, like that. Man City paid a hundred million for a fellow whose biggest attribute is that he wins free kicks. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's not just the ball. Yeah, he does dribble a lot for sure, but he gets involved in a lot in ground duels as well on the defensive side, and maybe he just wins his he wins his share there as well. So, yeah. but yeah, he's it's just really weird to see a midfield play like that chaotic. Be, yeah, be the yeah, but but with physical presence and and a big engine. So outstanding list of players, really. This guy's okay. Mo, um, some valuations, please. Okay, so um, let's start with uh, Manu Kane. So he is um, the player with the lowest valuation of the five. Um, so twenty six million. Uh, should be enough uh, to extract him out of Monks and Gladbach. Especially, um, especially as my son is now the director there. So uh, director of football, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, Indeed. Yes. Race. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that, that would certainly help um, get that deal over the line if, if that's where we decide to go. Um, next, um, Lavia is valued at $35 million. Now, that's a very, very, very high figure for a 19-year-old um, in the club that has just been relegated to the championship. However, um, Southampton um, know that he's a massive asset and uh, they feel that you know he's a player that um, will um, develop into a top, top player in due course. Um, so they, they are actually seeking a, a figure in excess of 50 million. Um, but I think 35 million will, will certainly be enough to get that deal done. Um, he's a player that is signed up with Elite, um, who are a top agency as well. So agents' fees will, will be high, um, though the uh, wages should be on the lower side to begin with. Um, he, he's not on a huge weekly wage at the moment with Southampton. Um, Ugarte is a player um, who has a release clause, and it's understood that that release clause is um, 52 million euros which equates to about £45 million, pounds. Um, though it obviously looks likely that um, his attentions are elsewhere. Um, so therefore, that deal might be less desirable. And then moving on to the two more ex- most expensive of the five, um, Chiumeni and Caicedo. So Aurelian Chiumeni um, signed for a fixed fee of £68 million pounds a year ago um, when he joined Real Madrid. Um, I think a deal of £80 million fixed fee would be enough to get that deal done. Um, He played a peripheral role um, for Real this season, uh, just gone. And, um, you know, he is somebody who I think would certainly be a more prized asset in terms of a a higher value fee um, if Madrid are looking to generate sufficient funds to sign a top player to replace... um, Benzema. And then finally, Moises Caicedo. Um, he's a player who Arsenal bid for in January. And I think that bid was in the region of about 65 to 70 million pounds. And that was rejected. After that, the player signed a new deal and um, his wages went from um, reported to be about 5,000 a week to in the region of 50 to 60,000 a week. Um, so his wages would be, if he joined us, still probably in the region of the low 100,000s, maybe 110, 120 would be more than enough 
Uh, Aurelien Chumeni already is on about a weekly basic wage of about 120,000 a week. Um, so he'd be looking for a considerable upgrade on that. Were we to leave Madrid to join us, Caicedo, uh, we're probably looking at 80 million pounds to get him out of um, Brighton. Um, they rejected, as I mentioned earlier, a figure not far off that in, in January from Arsenal. So nothing less than 80 million, I think, would be um, sufficient to get that deal done. Just, just one thing on the Caicedo Arsenal bids. They were actually considerably lower upfront money and a lot of add-ons, including add-ons that were never likely to happen, such as Arsenal winning the Champions League, Caicedo winning the Ballon d'Or and nonsense like that. And mm-hmm. Tony Bloom dismissed them as insulting. So uh, I think Arsenal have shot themselves in the foot there. But I would worry that us getting Alexis off them for 35 million would mean Tony yeah. Bloom turning around yeah. and going, well, yeah. hang on now. Yeah. You'll pay more on this one. Yeah. There's your McAllister tax. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Mo, sorry, the too many fee. What was that again? 80 million. As well. Yeah. So same for too many and case. Isn't that what they, is that what they bought him for? Um, no. Um, so the fixed fee was that? six, it was 68 million and then add-ons of 12 to bring it up to 80 million. Really? But, I thought it was close to 100 million euros. No, year? remember they had to pay tax on him as well. Oh. And they, they agreed to pay some additional tax to help Monaco out, but none of those add-ons have been added on because they didn't win the league. They didn't win the Champions League. He didn't play X number of minutes. So they, I think it is literally they've just paid the 68. So if you gave them 80, they would be making a profit. Now, my counter argument here is we could afford Kone and Turam for the price of Chumani and the wages would probably be around the same or less combined than his would. Fucking hell, I'm so tempted to jump back on the choo-choo train. Up the phone, Gags. I swear to God. It's definitely worth a call. It's definitely worth a call. It's just so tempting. Like, honestly, that is like your midfield. Is the Kane story real? Do they, is the Kane story real? I think so. I, I, I think Angelotti probably wants them. Yeah. yeah, He's, he's going to cost a lot of money, right? He's going to cost like 80, 90, 100. Yeah. And he's 29. Bad deal. It's his last. Summer, it's, his last it's his last big. Yeah, but it's his last big chance to put a big team. Yeah, yeah. and he'll win. He'll actually win a trophy. Yeah, like, he's, he's coming off the, um, his best ever season. His unbelievable season. Yeah. Oh, he's an incredible player. Yeah. I would just worry about buying a thirty-year-old with a heavy build and bad ankles for that kind of money. Mm. Personally, bear in mind, bear in mind that uh, Real Madrid did pay ninety million for. Eden Hazard, when he had a year left on his contract, and he was, I think, 29 at the time. And Burger King. And he had bad ankles and a heavy build. Well, a heavy arse. Yeah. And a heavy build. As good as as mow my arse. Um, (laughs) Burger King versus Egyptian King. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know what? The other thing is, it would be nice to get two more in, just because... So why I'm stuck here is because... Taram and Kone kind of cover uh, Chu off. Yeah, cover mm-hmm. Chu off in, in everything. It takes two players to do it because Chu's so good. But then what <laughs> it does do is also bring your wage bill on average per player at a decent level with both of them. 
they're, I mean, all three of them are a decent age. Um, God deciding between the French. I mean, <laughs> um, I do think the more French players you have in your squad, the better off you're going to be because they're just the best at the moment. Like, you know, yeah. especially European wise, they're just the best footballers. So the depth isn't real, isn't it? It, yeah. it is incredible. If, if we were, if, 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 if he wasn't about to sign for PSG, I had a very impassioned plea for Manuel Ugarte uh, prepared, but he's going to PSG, so there's no point in really considering him. I would say it probably is a straight choice between you either by Dan's right about Lavia. Like he's he's ready to play for us in the cups and the Europa League and against maybe some of the dross, but he's not ready to come in and start regularly for us which means you're going to end up playing Fabinho quite a lot which I would like to avoid doing next season so I think it comes down to you either buy okay. How Caicedo about or Chouameni or you buy the two French lads so the two French lads can both of them play six yes because then that makes it even sweeter for me because you know if 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 Kefren can move between the two as well. Catherine could play six. He's, he's a decent six. He could be a great eight on either side. Kone could be a good six. I'm oh, sorry, a good eight on either side, but I think he could be a great six. If you spent the time the way we did when Fabinho arrived and you eased him in over the first three to four months of the season... I think you could develop him into into a great six. Okay, so what I'm doing is I'm trying to just trying to be a little bit realistic as well because I know we've got a 280 million budget here, but I don't think that's going to be real in real life, right? But so two, I don't think reality wise will happen. He would be the choice, like no no doubt mm. about it. That if you're going to pick a player and, and money's no object and everything's perfect. You can't say no to too many, but I think I'm going to go for the two French lads instead of one on this one. And I know that's probably not going to be very popular. Mo, what do you have as the price for Turam? Does it 30, 35? 35 for Turam. And, and, um, six, and 26 for Kona. That's 61 million for two yeah, players 90, with massive 90, upside as opposed and 95 to 85 between the three in terms of like between. Mac. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible you know. value, and we are yeah. FSG, so you know, at the end of the day, we're not known for spending too much. <laughs> yeah, and, and we are losing five midfielders, so the three that have gone on a free. Yeah, and we've, exactly. We've also said that Henderson and Elliot are being sold as well. If you class Elliot as a midfielder, but but even to look at it just from the perspective of what will happen, Thiago's at a contract next summer, so he's leaving next summer at the latest because. They're not going to extend him. Fabinho's contract until 2025. But in all likelihood, the smart thing to do will be to sell him next summer and not let him see out his deal. And then, I mean, we've seen what Henderson's like the last few years. He's not a player you want playing moving forward. So we are almost better that way to be bringing in four plus Curtis plus Besetic, Harvey, if he sticks around, like, we we almost Papa want Thiago, to have too many you know, midfielders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because you literally start using fat um sorry tiago as luxury now like one one game every two weeks where you need him to just yeah. boss the game you know just otherwise you just bring him off the bench and you know not ask him to go around having to tackle everybody because you've yeah. got actual lads in the team that will do that for him yeah we sold harvey as well but that's okay so i'm putting both of those down and i know people probably in the group would probably won't be happy in discord but hey ho um so what we'll we'll say gag how about we say that the um you 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 pick up the phone and we see if the deal can be made and then we we go for the rest of the pod we do the rest of the options but you know you're gonna make that phone call anyway and we're just to see what it's like (laughs) yeah yeah i I, I, I don't need to do phone calls nowadays i got whatsapp bro so it's (laughs) it's it's all right i've got them all on speed Speed or speed dial? Because they're If I put them on speed, deal would be easier, wouldn't it? If they're on speed, it could probably be very much easier. With with York, it could be speed metal as well, Dave. True. Very true. No, I just charm them with my jokes and they just give me cheap prices. It's all right. Anyway, Dave, let's go to uh, left sided centre back. Because also, remember, if we have gone Coney to run, that's four out of the five. Non-homegrown spots gone. Okay, so we have one, mm. only one left with the last three uh, spots that we're going for. That's fine. That's fine. That's that's already within what I was looking at. So that's fine. Right, left side centre backs. I have. Uh, I had a list of five, and I got a panicked phone call from the data department reminding me that I am an idiot and forgot somebody. So we've added a six at their recommendation. Uh, so the five I had were Goncalo Inacio of Sporting. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. He's a left-footed centre-back who's played right side of a three because he's just that good and that versatile. He is an exceptional passer of the ball. He's a good defender. He's aggressive. He's improved year on year over the last couple of seasons. Been a vital part of that sporting team under Ruben Amram. Vital part of the team that won the league title there and has gone from strength to strength. Piero Hincapié, Ecuadorian at Bayer Leverkusen. From a a fit perspective, he's probably the best one on this list because he's got experience not just playing left-side centre-back and left-back, but also playing as a wing-back, which tells you he is more than comfortable getting forward. So you're not going to lose everything that, say, an Andy Robertson would give you because he's comfortable to get forward and overlap when asked to, but he's strong defensively as well. Can be a little bit too over-aggressive. Like, at 
there are, there is this slightest, slightest, slightest fraction of Dejan Lovren in him, in that he can sometimes get sucked into pulling and dragging and swinging out of people, which is just never ideal. But he's young enough that we can beat that out of him on the train ground. Um, Castillo Lukeba of Leon is next. I, I love this kid. 20 years of age. He is just so physical, quick, good on the ball, super aggressive. Reminds me a lot of Samuel Mtiti, who I've kind of tagged as the, the blueprint for what I'd want in this role. Um, Lukeba's, he's outstanding. He might be the best academy player. Leon have produced since Benzema. Uh, Nico Schlotterbeck is next. German international, 23 years of age. Bit taller than the others. He's just had a disappointing season with Dortmund. Lost his place in the team. I'm not really sure why, because he's been better than Mats Hummels. But I think they were expecting him to come in from Freiburg and it looked like prime Beckenbauer and it just didn't really happen. But he is very, very good and I think would get right back on track moving to us. Ideal for a back three setup. The big name I have on the list is Alessandro Bastoni. And the main reason is he's at a contract next summer, but you look at everything with him, physical profile, defensive ability, ability on the ball, flexibility to get wide and cross the ball, but also cover in as a traditional center back. He is magnificent. And then the one we got from the data department, which was Mickey van der Veen, young Dutch centre-back at Wolfsburg Gags. You've bought him already while there. Physically, the guy is a freak of nature. He's 6'4". He moves, he runs like, you know the liquid Terminator in Terminator 2? The guy who melts, he runs like him. The guy who melts? I can't think what the guy's name would, what he is. He's liquid nitrogen. No, yeah, yeah, whatever. It is something like that. Him, that guy. (laughs) He is, this guy, when he gets moving, it it looks like someone has sped up the footage until you look at what's around him and notice that all of it is moving at normal speed. And he is flat out at 6'4", running 50 meters quicker than someone runs 25. Physically, he's a freak of nature. My only concern with him is a lack of aggression. For a guy his size, he is really disappointing in the air. But other than that, I think he's, I think he's got the potential to be an absolute star. Interesting. Right. Um, Darth, I know you've shared the analysis this is, already. This, this is such yeah. an important position for us as well going into next season in the new system as well. You know, this is critical. We get this right. Um, um, do, but- do we need, do we change Mickey's name to Mickey van der Melt? Instead of- <laughs> <laughs> no, Mickey, Mickey van der Melt. I go with that. Yeah. Big Mickey, big Mickey, big, Mick. uh, big Mick. <laughs> um, but this is just an outstanding list. Consider this is such an important position to get right. This is a, this is a fantastic list. Um, so, um, the most important question to ask Gags is what do you, the manager, want as the priority for this position in the team? I want an Italian. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. So, we just want a quality Italian at Liverpool. It's I like just a- wa- <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to say, like, look at the city players who play in, in, in the wide positions outside you know, outside, outside of Diaz, right? Manuel Akanji is one meter eighty seven. 
and he's 84 kilos. And Nathan Aki is 1 metre 80 and 74 kilos, but a very competent. And John Stone is 1 metre 88 and 69 kilos. See, these are tall lads overall. Aki's the shortest and he's 5'11". And they're physical. Um, now, some of the players on this list tick that box in spades. Other tick, others tick it less and they focus on better attributes maybe such as passing. But we are looking to replace. We sold Andy Robertson because he didn't think he fitted it well enough. So we, the most important thing is what is the primary attribute that you want for that, for this position? So Alessandro Bastoni, um, yeah, he, he start with his injury. He's, he's high. He's one meter 90. Good. And 83 kilos. So he's, he's bigger than a kanji, right? In that spec. Or it's just a bit taller than a kanji. Um, he has, he's had one injury this season, one minor one, but last season he had five, five separate, um, injuries and then one the year before that. So last year was a bad year for him, right? But overall, um, his aerials are good, his passing is good, uh, and his carries are good. Um, his one to one, his one v one is actually the, he's actually the weakest on this list in terms of one v one duels. Now, I've seen Pastoni play against us twice in the Champions League last season. I can't believe watching those performances that statistically he's the weakest on this list, one v one, but he is. Um, so big Mick, um, 22 year old, he's one meter 93. Um, so he's, he's six foot four, pretty much. He is the seventh fastest player in the Bundesliga this season. He's topping out at 36 kilometers an hour, Gags, which is literally the same as Mo Salah and Darwin Nunes. So he is one of the best, because of this pace, it will not surprise you to hear, he is one of the str- one of the fastest, one of the best players in all of Europe when it, in terms of 1v1 duels. He gallops. He doesn't run, he gallops. But, but in terms of defending 1v1, Right, he is one of the best in Europe in not getting beat one v one because he's got that ability one v one and he's got that pace. Um, so if you want somebody to cover that space like like Canati does, he's a very good candidate in that aspect. Right, the aerials. I just wanted to comment on this one. Very very bad season just gone in terms of aerials. But if you look at his aerials over a more prolonged period, it's it's they're not great by any means, but they're nowhere near as bad as they have been in this previous season just gone. So he he's he is moderate in the air, should we say, compared especially compared to his height. Um, but um, it's not as bad as would, it, he, would, would he be better than Robbo? Oh, that's a good question. That, that would be worth checking. I'll, I'll do that while um, Mo's talking. Mm-hmm. Um, his passing is okay. His carries are very good, as you might expect for a man of that pace. And he's and he's doing twenty sprints per ninety, which is good for a, a wide uh, a left centre back in this role for, for in the Bundesliga. Um, Inacio is different. He is the best passer on this list. By he's in a different stratosphere compared to those in, in, in terms of his passing ability and his ability in build up. Uh, he's got good injury history. Uh, he's one meter eighty six, so he's basically just the same as Akanji and seventy nine kilos. He's he's, he's okay one v one, and he's okay in the air, um, and his carries are good. But he he is the one. Um, uh, that if you want somebody to, whose primary attribute is build up and passing, he's your one, right? Um, he, there, is, there will be a small Premier League attacks, but uh, you know, that's something to bear in mind. Now, Hincapi, this, this is really fascinating on the data side because he's, he's nearly as strong as Van der Ven in 1v1 duels defensively, um, which, is, which is a really good thing. He's very fast. Again, 34.9 kilometers. So just basically the same as a Bosley, we were saying. And he does more sprints, um, 
than than Mick, big, big Mick in the Bundesliga. So that's a good thing there. Um, he's got a good injury history. He had no injuries at all this season. One minor injury last season. Um, his carries are also good, as you might expect by his profile. He's moderate in the air. Uh, and um, and his moderate his passing is moderate as well. Now the w- big thing I did want to check with the scouting department is how big physically is he, right? Because there's a huge difference in the, in uh, in this guy's physical weight on across, and it matters because it's two stone in difference, right? So the FB ref, which was the source primary source of Opta data which reviews, only has him as 64 kilos. Now I had that as a red flag. For no, it's definitely more. That's yeah. definitely more. But the buyer website has got him at seventy six kilos, and that's say that's a two, that's a whole two stone difference. Now I'm more inclined to believe the buyer Leverkusen own website, to be honest, than mm-hmm. FB Ref might have made a mistake. I, I would be inclined to believe the the buyer Leverkusen website. He's he's six foot six one ish. But he yeah. is, he's well built. Yeah. Like he, he is a strong, stocky yeah. boy. Because a 64 kilo, six foot guy would be, you know, a lanky streak of piss, you know? <laughs> but yeah, he, that, that's a big difference if he, if it's an extra two, an extra two stone on top. So that's good to check. Lukeba, as Dave said, uh, yeah, th- this, this, he's 20. He's almost player on the list. One minor injury in two seasons. So very, very good injury history. Um, very strong, uh, so good one v one. Not as good as the Van der Ven and 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 and, and uh, Hinkapi. Um, he's good passer. Um, not as good in attack as the others. Uh, he's the weakest in, the, in in terms of the attack side on this list. Uh, and he's he's okay in the air. Um, but so but definitely a, a real interesting prospect. Um, and Schlotterbeck again, another very strong profile. I mean, I, I guess when I looked at it, I didn't realize he, you know he'd fallen out of favour this season. Um, but you just look look at him and you think because he's already at Dortmund, I think that would be very expensive to get a player of this quality out of out of Dortmund. But yeah, he, he's one meter ninety one and eighty four kilos, so basically, basically the same as Bastoni. Um, he has two to three small injuries per season, like you know one two games at a time, so not major. Um, very good 1v1, very strong in the air, easily the strongest of the, the players on the list in the air, but no weaknesses, good passing, good carries. So he's, he's at least good at everything. And again, no slouch 34 kilometers an hour. So he's, 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 again, he's faster than any of the midfield targets we've looked at. So yeah, a very, very strong list, this gags, but it depends what you want. So with Robbo leaving, if we were to buy someone who gets injured, Six seven games a year. Who who fits into that spot in the squad? Joe Gomez, maybe. Okay. Okay. It is. I think the robustness he's, he's is. Played left key. side before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I get it. Get it. And he's quick. Yeah, I mean he he and, and he's quick. Yeah, so he'd be kind of probably the most obvious one. Obviously, look, Costas could fill in there in a pinch against bad teams as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's young chambers. Maybe if he develops quickly, he could be an option, but I, like Dan, I'd sort of maybe be ruling out the ones that have had persistent, even if they're just niggles, even if it's yeah. just like Schlotterbeck and, and Pistoni, yeah, who've just right. had those small injuries. Cause you know, if those small injuries do add up, do, if it's three, four games a season, you know, when we're playing 60, that's three, four games out of maybe 40 that you might plan to play them, which means you've got to find 20 odd games for somebody else or someone else for those 20 odd games. You know? Okay. Mo, what's the, um, the values, valuations for these? 
Okay, so um, <clears throat> Lokeba is the um, lowest uh, valuation. Um, he has two years left on his contract, and his valuation is twenty three million pounds. <clears throat> um, the next um, valuation is uh, Hinkapi at Leverkusen. Um, he has four years left on his contract, um, but um, he should be available for uh, £26 million. Um, Inacio is a player who um, has a, obviously a higher profile. Um, his valuation is £34 million. Bear in mind, um, he's represented by MRP, um, one of the bigger agencies representing players from Portugal. Um, so there, there will be a higher um, fee when it comes to agents um, for that deal. And then um, Schlotterbeck um, is valued at £35 million. Um, though he has fallen slightly out of favour, um, he still has four years left on his deal. Um, Dortmund um, obviously um, had a pretty strong season, albeit they fell short of winning the Bundesliga. Um, so they would be looking at um, that kind of figure. And um, 35 million is also the valuation for Bastoni. So clearly um, the strongest on paper of all of the five, uh, but because he only has a year left on his contract, um, 35 million should be enough to um, get that deal done with Inter. And um, he also is with an established agency. So again, agent fees won't be on the lower side. Um, but 35 million for that player. So fortunately, all five of these players, none, none of the um, transfer fees that would be required would be eye-watering. So, so that's good. Right. I need some. I need to be guided here. What's the? Big, I would the say the, the big plus with Lukeba is he doesn't count as non-homegrown for a year or two, but he's also not quite as ready as say Inacio or Bastoni. Van de Veen, I think, could quickly get up to speed. And him and Inacio don't have the injury issues. I like him. Do you know what? I'd take any of them. I'd take any of them, to be honest. Yeah. All right, numbers-wise, Darth. Yeah, actually, you're asking about Robbo compared to Robbo in the air, right? Just so Robbo was about, last three seasons, Premier League, he's about 1.6 aerials per 90, 53% win rate. Um, Hincapi is about 4.3 per 90, 57% win rate. And Van der Veen is, uh, 2.1 per 90, 55% win rate. So they're both of them slightly better. Bastoni's about 62% win rate and Schlotterbeck's the best, 71. Hmm. Um, so. Half numbers wise, who would you go for? It, do you want the passer or do you want the 1v1 hmm. defender? I want the one v one. I want the one one v one, and also I think that's probably easy for me to do because yeah, I so know the guy. Van der Veen is the guy then, and um, yeah, it's <laughs> or, the, or, it's or, the easiest deal to do probably. Or yeah, uh, or Hincapi. Hincapi. Hincapi is probably the mix, the closest to a mix of the two. But that, I want a Dutch guy in because I want a Dutch guy in as well because of just the squad. There's some Dutch players here. That size as well. That size yeah. and speed is very difficult to, to turn your nose up at, like yeah. six four. And what did you say, Dan? Thirty six kilometers an hour. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's like it's like having a walker at the back. You know, I mean, walkers fast. Yeah, yeah Kyle Walker. It is Kyle Walker speeds. That is Kyle Walker eleven. Yeah. 
Yeah, and exactly. And like he he is used so well by City at times. Like he's not the best player, but speed wise, when especially when we're playing so high up, you know, such a yeah. high line. If That's you've it. got someone like that and you and it's down the wing, he's going to catch you. There's no yeah. way that he's not going to catch you. And that's what Walker does a lot. So, um, yeah, I would, especially against pacey, pacey players, it's a, it's a good option to have. So, so I, and it, yeah, I, so there was just, I, I do write the profile for Hincapi on the, on, on, uh, you know, but like if you look at the physical stature, he's, at the end of the day, he's, he's big, but Van der Ven's 10 centimeters solar. So, which is four, four inches. So, you know, it's a big difference. Yeah. And you never know. Maybe there's more, there's more to come from him in the air here. Oh, yeah. You'd like oh, yeah. to think you'd like you'd think he's going to adjust, you know. And that, you know, he's got Virgil next to him anyway for a start. Exactly. Well, that's, he, that's what I'm listening. Imagine one, you know. Imagine playing next to Virg, someone who gets to, you know, he's gonna he's he's gonna fall in line very well. And he's and also a Liverpool fan for what it's worth. Well, he? he's, he's he's really also a Liverpool fan. So. And also, we've wanted a VDB for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, remember, remember Van der Vaart. We really wanted Van der Vaart when we were kids. <laughs> so we've had a yeah. DVD and a VDV. And a VDV. <laughs> so we just need a DVD to go on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Sorted. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I actually forgot to mention his valuation. Apologies. Um, so he's, he's actually the lowest valued as well at 21 million. And bear in mind, Gags, you have worked at Wolfsburg before. So again, I'm going to be able to get I'll the get matrix. You know where the skeletons are kept, so you can just... I've got pictures. Out. I've got evidence. Don't worry. I've got right, pictures we'll, of everybody. We'll go <laughs> yeah, we'll go with BDB. I, I just think he's probably likely as well. Like, you know, I know Liverpool are probably playing it down at the moment, but that's probably one for later in the window. Um, And what was his age? 22. Oh. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. That's great age, really. Very so yeah, you can you could pay a lot of money for size and physicality. So six foot four and thirty six kilometers an hour, gags. That's a rare combo. Mm. Sorry, Mo, you were saying? Yeah, we are now at five non-homegrown players. So yeah, that's we, it. We do also have the option of not registering Adrian to play football for us. <laughs> did, 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 that, you know, that, and that, that included Robin because Robin was not homegrown. Yeah, and that. That's right. Oh, wow. So, Robbo. Matthew. I thought we sold Adrian. I thought we got rid of Adrian. No, we didn't. We didn't? Because Kelleher's going. What's just been off Adrian? Um, we, we, well, Adrian was going on a free. Um, so, we, we were getting rid of him. Is he taking so one of the homegrown at the moment? How do we not, yeah, how do we not have six then? Um, uh, Bobby, yeah, sorry. Nabby. Yep, six, six. Correct. So, sorry, we, we've got one more to go. Yeah, so, okay. do we need two keepers, though? Three keepers, um, right? Klopp always has three keepers. Yeah, we're but we're going to get one of the players. Harvey we're Davies. We're promoting one of the, the We're promoting we one of the, the Brazilian kid. Petaluga, yeah, he's, he, he'll count. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's, he's outstanding. Yeah, I he's think we said uh, Petaluga would be the third goalkeeper. And then okay, we're going to then. select the second goalkeeper as part of today. Okay, wonderful. Uh, okay, then let's go to. Um, so we've got one. So out of the last two spots we're going for, one can still be a non-homegrown. Non-homegrown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go for the right centre back hybrid type role, please. The Trent role. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've got a list of five that you all have, and then I've got a pitch for you at the end. So uh, first name on the list: Luchura Luchural Gertruda. Of, uh, fine or 22 year old Dutch international, only the one cap this year, but player on the up, 
can play right back, can play holding midfield, can also play centre back in a three. So I think he could also be a bit of cover for Ibu. Um, he's been fantastic in this past season for Feyenoord and has played in something similar to what the Trent role is, stepping into midfield and being involved in build-up play. So he's the first one. Uh, Tyler Adams up next. I, I really like Tyler Adams. He's played right back. He's played in midfield. He's got natural leadership skills. I think his injury is the biggest factor in Leeds going down. I thought he adapted to the Premier League brilliantly and was was a standout player for them until he got hurt. The injury does concern me a little bit. Um, I've got Vanderson um, right back at Monaco, can also play in midfield. Very, very good on the ball. They bought him a couple of years ago for about 11 million. So I, I think they'd be looking to make a, a decent profit, but I don't think it'd be outrageously expensive. He also gives you the option of playing a traditional attacking, overlapping right back if you want to do that and keep Trent in midfield in a back four. Uh, Benjamin Henricks of RB Leipzig, he's naturally suited to playing this role. Uh, came through as a midfielder, moved to right back, has played both across his career for Leverkusen, Monaco and Leipzig. The last one I've got on the list is a free. It's Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He's had a contract with Arsenal. I know it's not a popular pick among people, but I don't care, frankly. He's got a lot of experience. He's played in the Premier League for a long time. He's a very versatile player, can play right back, left back, wing back, centre midfield, holding midfield, out on the wing. He is basically a younger version of James Milner, the actual player James Milner is, except he's more dynamic. Um, and he's free and he's homegrown. So I've got him. So there's my five. So that's the five I'll give you. And then come back to me at the end for a pitch before we make a decision. <laughs> nice. I love what you said, Dave. I don't care. I think we know this. We know you don't care. It's brilliant. <laughs> so on this list, uh, again, another, this is another top quality list, Dave, I've got to say. Um, yeah, you just look them through and they're, they're so well suited to, when you, when you, you to, to look at the profiles of the player. Um, uh, Gertrude, um, so absolutely fascinating profile on this kid. Um, we do have to have the house warning about the the individual tax. It is big. One v ones, extremely strong. Um, and I guess that's why you, you just a you know, um, combination of being a good fullback and also facing really bad players in the area division. But very one, very strong one. One v one, passing very strong, and his build up, you know, is okay. Off the ball would be his biggest. Um, um, Biggest area of concern. Um, so once again, though, I did reach out to our our Dutch scouting analyst Patrick, um, and he's a huge fan of Ketruda, Um, mainly because um, he was a centre back and then he moved to right back. Um, but it's his it's his game intelligence. Um, he's aggressive. He said he's front footed, but he's basically. It's his, it's, it's, he thinks it's his intelligence and his football IQ that would make a, a move to a higher profile league work. In a similar way to the fact that, okay, Cody suffered from the Air Division tax, but 
you know, he's clearly an intelligent player and he is adapting to the system and his demands. And I think um, um, Patrick is very positive on Gertrude's personal attributes in terms of would he, he would, you know, potentially embrace the challenge of moving to a higher league. Um, yeah, and his composure, his intelligence, his positioning in the team when he's in and out of possession and helping his teammates and build up. So, yeah, so he, he thinks it could be a very good fit tactically, Gertrude. Um, Tyler Adams, um, we are big fans of Tyler Adams in the data department because of his physical attributes. He is a bit of a physical monster. Um, he, he He's one of the biggest engines in European football. If you want somebody to carry a piano, he's your man. Um, he's quick as well, 33K, top speed. Um, at the World Cup recently, he had the most sprints per 90 of any player in the competition. Um, so yeah, off the ball, Tyler Adams, extremely strong. Um, and he's a good passer as well. So I don't really know what much more you want for this hybrid role today. If you want somebody who can get up and down, you've got a fucking brilliant engine and he can pass a bit. So Adams, yeah, so he could be a backup in that role and he can also give you another option as a six. Yeah. So, and he can play as an eight if you needed him to. Yeah, top tip, yeah, utility player in that respect. Mm. Yeah, um, he does get two to three muscular injuries per season. However, That's the concern. yeah, if he is at a reduced role, then you're kind of mitigating the concern on the muscular injuries as well. You know, because Trent, let's face it, Trent's going to play four thousand minutes next season, like he did this season. It's just the way it is. Um, so there's less minutes for Adam, but in terms of his engine, his off the ball and his passing, yeah. Spot on. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, um, it's hard to make a judgment um, on him statistically. His off-ball work is good because he plays on a bad team. He has to do more defensive work. He generates more events. He generates, his passing and build-up suffers because he's on a bad team. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how to appraise Ainsley Maitland-Niles on a, from a data perspective. Vanderson, um, good injury history again. Um, yeah, one moderate knee injury this season and nothing before that. So off the ball, he's got good numbers off the ball um, and also in very good one by one by one. He's okay passer. He's not a good um, statistically as he's not statistically not a good passer as Tyler Adams or Gertrude, but um, no major issues with this, this with this guy. Um, and Benjamin Henricks uh, again, um, another very good profile for this. Um, um, he's a bit quicker than Tyler Adams, 33.5k, um, but doesn't do as much on the sprint work as, as, as Adams does, but he's no slouch himself. Good 1v1. Uh, his weakest area is in team build up. Um, his passing's not quite as good as Adams again, um, but his strong work, his strong, his off the ball work is strong. And his injury history is, 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 is okay as well because he had no injuries at all in the last season and he was averaging about two to three small ones per year before that. So, yeah, I mean, Gertruda would be the curveball, I think. Um, Adams is the Premier League ready piano carrier. Um, and, and Vanderson and Henricks are, um, the continental, you know, good, good continental options. Thank you, Darth. Um, Mo, numbers. So um, no massive fees, no massive wages um, with any of these players. So that's good. Um, as Dave touched on earlier, Ainsley Maitland-Niles um, is 
his contract. Um, he's coming to an end this month with Arsenal, so he is available on the free. That said, um, you know, he, there would be an expectation for a, a reasonable size signing on bonus. So um, that, that would probably be three, four million pounds. Um, then the next one is uh, Gertruda. Um, he's valued at 13 million pounds. He has two years left on his contract. He's with Wasserman, though. So again, agents' fees would be on the higher side. They are one of the bigger uh, players in the agency market. Um, Van der Son is a player who has four years left on his contract. Um, 17 million is the valuation for him. Um, he also is with a, a pretty heavyweight um, agency, Bertolucci, Bertolucci, who represent a number of uh, Brazilian players, including likes of Marquinhos and Bruno Guimaraes. Um, Benjamin Hendricks is valued at the same, 17 million. His contract has two years less to run, so he expires in June of 25. Um, finally, the biggest valuation is with Adams at 20 million pounds. He has four years left on his contract. Um, his wages will be um, reasonable, probably in the region of about 40, 50,000 pounds a week at Leeds at the moment. Leeds obviously have gone down, so they are keen to um, shed wages and bring in money through transfer Wouldn't fees. Wouldn't the fee so, go down then as well? With the, with, with the, uh, well, uh, had, had Leeds stayed up, that fee would have been a higher uh, a higher amount. So, do you know anything of a relegation clause as well? It's not that aware. Aronson has one, but not him. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, isn't the Leeds owner in trouble? Aren't they in trouble, Leeds? Well, there's a weird situation. So... They're owned kind of, I think it's 51%, 49% between Radrazani and the 49er Enterprisers, who are basically the, the York family who own the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are trying to buy the club at the minute. And Radrazani, while trying to sell the club, is also trying to buy Sampdoria, but he doesn't want to put any of his own money towards buying Sampdoria, he wants to put 49 Enterprises money. To bridge the gap, what he's allegedly tried to do is put Ellen Road, which he owns privately away from the club, up as collateral in the hope that he gets a loan based on Ellen Road, uses that money to buy Sampdoria, then sells Leeds, repays the loan, and then sells Ellen Road on to the new owners as well. So that's basically what he's trying to do. Relegation has obviously meant that the valuation of the club has dropped and it's become a little bit messy. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think we could probably get a good deal. It needs. Um, leave that to me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, um, guys, one of I the want, things... No, is- I want to know what you guys think in terms of what your, what, you know, Mo, Dave, Dan, what, who you'd pick from this this list, you know? Well, I want to hear what Dan was going to say. I was going to say that when Dave sent the list to me, um, and it was and Vanderson. I, I when I first skimmed it, I thought he said Milderson. Oh shit! <laughs> Do you put me off now straight away? Fuck that! <laughs> so that's him ruled out immediately. <laughs> With the flashbacks, he'll give us all. <laughs> right? Can I make a pitch? Go on. Right. So my pick would be Tyler Adams because I think he's ready made. Yeah, we were all. However, I think. Anyway, go on. However. What about an 18, soon to be 19 year old who's already at our club, who's 6'1, 
good physical profile, clearly good enough to play for us, has played in midfield for us, came through as a centre-back. I would bet he played right back at some point in his development as well. Couldn't Stefan Basetic be the player that plays that role, given Trent is going to play 4,000 minutes? Isn't that the role to try and find minutes for Basetic so that we can develop him carefully, manage his minutes? Because if we're looking to bring in Chuameni or Manu Kone plus Fabinho, there's no minutes at the six. If we're adding Dominic, Alexis, and we've got um, Curtis, and we've got Henderson, and we've got Thiago, and potentially oh, we add Kefren. Oh, he's yeah. gone, he's gone. So, but And we're potentially adding Kefren. Is there minutes, is there enough minutes for Basetic in those other roles? Or is this just the right role to develop him in? Because he's good enough defensively. It needs work, but he'll that that can be that can be coached. He's good on the ball. He's got that midfield in a defense into midfield awareness built into him. We saw him playing for us, dropping into the defensive line and doing bits there when we were getting countered. So it's just a suggestion. But is this an area we could actually save money by just saying, well, we've already got this kid that we're super high on. We don't want to overplay him. But here's a role where maybe he gets 10 to 12 starts between the League Cup, the FA Cup, Europa League group stage games. If the sports science department were on, I can't obviously give the accurate what that, but I try and paraphrase it. What they would say is that with a player of his age, is that you can't increase his minutes more than thirty percent season on season. So a limited role is is a, it would be, you know, a good thing in that respect, a defined role. When he broke into the team, we used him like a new toy. We broke all our rules about developing young players and giving him minutes, and he's got a stress fracture. It's not really a surprise. Mm. Um, so we don't. One thing we don't know is how his recovery from the stress fracture is actually going. So that's one thing we need an update on. Well, his Instagram, his Instagram posts show he's living life and very, very happy with himself. He played about 1,100 first team minutes last year or yeah. no, about 900, maybe 950. Yeah, and then he, but the thing was, it was all in a row and then he broke. It was all in a row, yeah. So, but if we could give him about 1,000 minutes of the season with that, that position, mm. given, as you said, Dan, Trent will play 4,000 minutes because he just plays 4,000 minutes every year. Yeah, he does know. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, because he's he's established. Um, yeah, I, I think it's an attractive uh, pitch, that's for sure. I mean, I do, I do like the idea of the, the, the versatility of Adams. You can see cover the hybrid role. He can cover the six, and he can cover the eight. But just because Adams has got pretty much the, one of the biggest engines in the Premier League, if not the biggest, in terms of when he's on the pitch, what he does per ninety in terms of carrying that piano, he's just a monster. So, and it's what we need. And the more would, players you get like that in the eleven, the better. Yeah, and I think it's about time we got an American in as well. I'm sorry, I'm going into nationalities a lot today, but I'm thinking about the commercial. Well, you're, you're in your marketing too. role as well, Gags, of course. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I've been given these things to talk about by by the by the by the marketing team. They need to they need to get more <laughs> more rights, more more commercial deals from from the USA. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. So price, did you say Mo was 55? I think we could probably get it down to 40-ish. 
I'm not sure, but... 55 million for Tyler Adams? No, 20, 20 no. million, he said. Oh, 20, oh right, 20, I was going to say, so fucking 55 million. Was it 20 <laughs> I'm out. Was <laughs> <laughs> it 20? I thought you said it was higher than that. Was that was have I really no? He said if they hadn't gone down, it would have been a lot. Ah, higher. right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, what you're saying then? Twenty million. Twenty million. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's doable. That's doable. Okay, great. Okay. Um, if everybody's happy with that, yeah, that's our absolutely. six. What we now need an English goalkeeper. We don't actually need an English goalkeeper. What we need is a homegrown goalkeeper. Cool. So, yeah. can have I present to you Ron Robert Zeiler? Yes. Former Manchester United Academy graduate. Also played for Leicester at one point. Um, just a solid citizen. Just a decent, experienced, reliable goalkeeper. Six caps for the national team. Spent most of his career with Hanover. Well-liked. Known for having a very, very strong mental state. I would say Ron Robert Zeeler probably makes the most sense. Anyway, over the list, just for listeners, the list was Timo Horn, free agent, David Soria, free agent, Cohen Castells, free agent, Ron Robert Zeeler, and Predrag Rajkovic, who's just a personal favourite, who's very similar stylistically to Adrian. If you have, just imagine you ordered Adrian off Wish, Rajkovic is basically what would turn up at your door. So it'd be good, but not not the not the real thing. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. There is another homegrown option. Out there as well, Dave. Uh, we'll chase Szczesny at Juventus. That's an interesting one. I hadn't considered him. because he, he is homegrown. Is, he is definitely homegrown. He's definitely homegrown, yeah. He was at Arsenal from the age of 16 until he was 27 or something. So he's definitely homegrown. Yeah. He is first choice at Juve, though. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's still at a good level, but you know, and that would be the question: Would, yeah. would he be willing to drop down into a backup role? It possible. Yeah, and that's the, that was the, that would be the concern of fans, though, is that if you've got Zila as your number two, and if Allison does get injured and Zila has to actually play more than one or two games, then yeah, that's the thing because he did. Unfortunately, most he he did have a pretty catastrophic spell at Leicester. Mm. Um, that the numbers were he, he made nine starts and he conceded 16 goals from 33 shots on target 
which even Gags knows is that's not a very good save percentage. <laughs> 16 goals and 33 shots on target. But yeah, that was a, definitely a standout low point in his career, though, for sure. Zayla's yeah, and, been... and Leicester were a train wreck that season anyway. That's the season after they won the league. Yeah. Where they sacked Ranieri, <clears throat> who just won them the league in like yeah. February and appointed Craig so, Shakespeare. Yes, this is true, actually, to be fair. It was Craig Shakespeare. Um, the... The, the 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 list of when I got the list of goalkeepers ones the problem yeah they're all free agents I agree we need on the money side of things but I was thinking about you know one of the problems is you got you're losing um, somebody who's a very stylistic fit in terms of Kelleher you know when Allison's out and I was thinking well none of these guys actually you know it's going to be like chalk and cheese and you're going to get somebody else coming in and you, it, it, a fish out of water and I thought well let's have a quick look at just doing the actual data scouting bit to see if somebody's going to have the sweeper actions. And the, the crossing, you know, stop and the shot and is not too bad at the saving. And the one name that came out, and I've never seen this guy play is the, um, is Robin Zentner. And he, he is the, um, oh, I can't even remember which team it is now. It's the one who played Dortmund on the final day of the season. Oh, Mines. Mines. Mines keeper. Yeah. 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 And he, he's, he's six foot five and 96 kilos. <laughs> Massive. But, he is huge, but yeah, but his terms of in terms of his sweeper, I was thinking this. Uh, his terms of his sweeper actions, he's got nearly as many actions as Ali outside the box. Um, but it's really weird. You're thinking about he's a big, big guy, ninety six kilos. You don't think those guys usually make sweeper keepers, so you'd have to watch him on the scouting to see what he was like. But unsurprisingly, he is unbelievable on scout on, on crosses. Uh, he's okay on you know he's neutral on pretty much on his shots. He's not going to save you anything above average. But he was very good on crosses into the box because of his physical presence. So he was the one that, uh, that we came out with as a contribution. Um, but again, he would not be homegrown. No. Chesney is interesting. He is contracted for two more years at Juve. He's just signed a new deal. Has he? Just this offered, week, actually. If you offered any kind of money to Juventus, because they're so fucked, they would sign, they would sell. <laughs> they probably would. They are a mess. They, need they went from being the best run club in Europe to one of the worst run clubs in Europe because Beppe Morata left and went to Inter and they appointed Paratici and he was just horrendous and was one of the big players behind the Rule breaking, shall we call it, that they uh, they undertook as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, look, the, whoever you get, the, the thing is, right? Anyone who's actually good enough to be a backup for Allison is too good to be a backup. So your best bet is probably a young goalkeeper like a Cuevin Callagher that you can have some control over for a few years. So. <sighs> Maybe, maybe one of the others, maybe Harvey Davies or maybe uh, Pitaluga are ready to step up. But I will just say, in the year we won the title and we ran away with that title, Adrian played 11 times in the league. 11 times. Ali missed a big chunk of that season. Adrian played... Especially at the start. So I, I think if the rest of the team is good enough and on it... We can we can get away with it a, a little bit if it's someone like a Zealer or yeah if if we could get Chesney I would I just don't know like the fact he's just signed a new contract I don't know I don't know if they'd be willing to even if he'd be willing to he might not want to to consider it. oh he might not want to come out of Turin you know 
Yeah. Okay. Um, Mo? Yeah, I mean, I valued, um, I valued Zeeler at only £3 million. Uh, so that's a very good deal. Um, and uh, with um, Chesney, um, given he's just signed a new deal, um, you know, we'd be looking at considerably more than that. Obviously not huge money because he's a goalkeeper, but um, still probably in the region of £15 million. And even then, is he looking to move given he's just signed a new contract? So um, I'd be comfortable with Zila and wages would be very low, transfer fees minimal. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, David, I don't know if you've seen the chat, but I also said uh, Gulashi from um, Leipzig. That's, do you know, actually, I might, I might take it, I am unmuted. Yeah. I am. That's actually a great shout. Because they have invested in young goalkeepers for the next couple of years. And he's been there a long time. Has obviously played a, a huge role. Now, he's missed most of this season because he tore his ACL. And he's therefore sort of lost his, um, lost his place in the team. So I do wonder if coming back off that injury he might be willing to move on given he might not get back in the team. Would Leipzig sell us to Hungarians? <laughs> I mean, what's his contract situation? I know he's the club captain there. Is Galashi's the club captain, is he? Yeah. Oh, wow. He would be um, homegrown as well. Yeah, because yeah. he was with us. Yeah, yeah. So he's got two years left on his deal. The contract was signed two years ago. Transfer market put his value at six million euros. So you could probably say seven, eight million pounds is a, is a fair go. And he's a good keeper, right? He is a good keeper. Like he's a, he's a, a very experienced keeper who's played at the highest level. And great mm-hmm. story as well. Former Red Bull. You know, nice story there as well. If, uh, do you know what? Uh, if we could get him, I'd take him. And he will help, he'll help Dom settle in as well. Mm, knows the place. Knows the place, knows the language really well. Dom speaks good English anyway, but. What's, um, Mo, what's your, what's your, um, valuation then? Seven, eight million pounds? At most, yeah, yeah. So, um, and again, wages will, will be higher than Zeke, but still pretty reasonable. You know, probably 25, 30,000 a week. That's, that's nothing really. Yeah, it's 33 now. Yeah, nothing. Eight million. That sounds, that sounds really good. I'm going to go with, let's go with him. Just a story. Yeah, let's go I'm with a him. Bit of a, I'm a bit of a romantic okay. like that. So did you want to do a young attacker? Because it looks like we have money <laughs> from our budget. Yeah, oh. and all of the ones I have are young enough that they would not count as non-homegrown. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is is homegrown. The rest are overseas players who would not count as homegrown. And by the time they would come of age, we'd have moved on other players like Thiago, Fabinho, whatever. Uh-huh. So I've Go got on. a list of five. Um, first up is Bradley Barcola, young French winger from Lyon. Super exciting, can play all across the front line. I really like him on the right. He's right-footed, great going outside, getting the ball across. I think he's very, very good. Um, next up then is Brennan Johnson. Now, when I put this list together, I thought Forrest might go down. 
Uh, now that they've stayed up, I'm guessing the price would probably be a little bit prohibitive for us. But I think he's a very good player. I think he had a, a pretty good season for his first year in the Premier League. This past season, eight goals in 38 games. No injury problems there either. 40, 46 and 38 league games the last three years. Uh, 49, 53 and 44 in all competitions. So seems fairly durable. Uh, Nico Williams, not to be confused with Nico Williams, uh, the young Spanish winger from Athletic Club de Bilbao. His brother was linked to us for God knows how long in Aki Williams. Uh, this, this is the more talented of the pair. Super explosive. Love him across the front line, but he does prefer the right. And I think that's his best role again, right footed, but just does that Suarez thing of like, Beats people in bizarre ways, like races to the touchline and then cuts to the the end line and then cuts back as if like, I know you want me to go there, so I'm going to go there and then I'm going to make a show of you. Um, Roger Fernandez is a really exciting player. He's at Sporting Braga. He's 17. So if we could get him, he would classify as homegrown by the time he reaches senior level. Um, Left-footed, but can play either side. I believe his contract is up in 2024, but Mo would, Mo would know more on that one. But this is maybe the most exciting young player in Portugal right now. I just also think it'd be hilarious to see a kid walking around with Roger on the back of his jersey. Um, he's super talented. And the last one is Wilson Odebert, who is a, another young French player at Troyes, who's just been relegated. Again, versatile, can play either wing. Um, again, I, I do prefer him on the right. Very, very explosive, very talented. Four goals and two assists this past season. Played 1,760-odd minutes as a, a 17, 18-year-old, uh, which is I thought was pretty impressive. The one... Reason he might be difficult to get is Troy's are owned by Manchester City. Basically, they're owned by the City Football Group, so they might not want to do business with us. But this kid, when he was coming through the PSG Academy, was super highly rated. PSG tried desperately to keep him, weren't able to. Troy's nicked him, probably paying him back channel money through City, but he is, he is super exciting. Okay, Darth, do you have any numbers on these? Um, <laughs> no, surprised. because um, okay. when we were sent through the list, I didn't see these ones at the bottom of the, the original oh, message. Damn. I stopped the goalkeeper. I'm really sorry. Okay. Uh, but Brennan but- Johnson, he's homegrown anyway, even if, you know, yeah. And it was, I know they're all young, but yeah, obviously. And Roger Fernandez, when he gets to the age, will count as homegrown. So okay. could could be a reason for him as well. I think personally we should send him to Nico Williams just for the fume of our fans. <laughs> um, Mo, any numbers for you? Yeah, so um, first of all, uh, Fernandez, because of his age, um, £4 million, um, only a year left on his contract as well. Um, so almost the last chance for Braga to get anything for him. And, um, you know, that, that would that would be very good value for him. Um, 
Odebert is valued at eight million pounds. So um, he has a number of years left on his contract, four years, in fact. Um, and this season just gone was his first full season um, as a regular starter in the league and team. Um, so eight million should do the uh, deal there. Um, Bradley Barcola is valued at sixteen million pounds. Um, and again, he's a Leon player, but we wouldn't have the headache that is um, Olas to deal with. So that would be an easy deal to do now compared to when Olas was obviously around. Uh, Nico Williams is valued at uh, 25 million. Now he has a 45 million pound release clause, but he has only a year left on his contract. So I think that, um, I mean, there are a number of clubs interested in him. But I don't think anyone is going to look to spend 45 million. I think they'll perhaps look to wait deeper into the window and then test um, athletic clubs resolve and go in with a much lower uh, offer. So 25 million, I think, later in the window could get that one done. And then Brennan Johnson had a decent season um, and, in fact, good by Nottingham Forest standards. Um, I value it at 30 million pounds, though, again, um, they may look for slightly more than that, given um, they stayed up, as Dave mentioned. And, um, you know, he, he was certainly a strong performer. Not Obviously not on the level of Gibbs White, but uh, still strong nonetheless. So he would be the most expensive uh, in terms of transfer fees uh, of all of the five deals. Okay. Dave? Darth, any thoughts? I'd go Roger Fernandez based on the upside and the potential. Um, and the fact that he's good, he would be very cheap. And like I said, he, when he gets to 21, he will count as homegrown if we buy him this summer. So that's an added bonus. He wouldn't contribute maybe as much in the short term as some of the others on the list. But I mean, Mo, Mo never doesn't play. The guy's a machine. But Roger Fernandez has the potential, and that's the key word here, potential to potentially be the long-term successor in that role. Okay. And sorry, what was his price? Sorry, no. To go back, I can't remember. I think four, million was four, four million, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's worth it, isn't it, really? Fernandez. And he's going to become homegrown as well. Yeah. Ideal. All right. Darth, any 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 views on any of those? No, that sounds good to me, Gex. Okay. So... I just, I just think we need to recap on the overall homegrown situation just to make sure that we're okay. Because, yeah, I... I... We, we've signed either, either four or five non-homegrown players. We've signed Alexis. We've signed Dom. We've signed Van de Ven, and we've either signed Chuameni or Manu Kone and Kefren Turam. We oh, have signed six. Yeah, we no, six. We, we have to choose between Adams and Turam no, no. and Kone. No, 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 it was six. No, we had six open because right. of, who yeah, went? Mo, Mo Nabi, was... Mo, Nabi, Bobby, Nabi, Bobby, Adrian for us. Kelleher. Ke- no, he's homegrown though. Oh, Robertson. Okay. Robbo. Matip. Matip. That's six. That's yeah. five. 
the five. Is it? Um, it was also because um, we had Artemelo, who's taken yeah. up one of the Artemelo left. There's the sixth one. Yeah, so we have six spots. We have six spots, and the club would have six spots as well. But didn't we have to leave? Didn't we have to leave Naby out of Europe? One or no? Well, in terms of the Premier League squad, okay, he was counted as one of the seventeen. Yes, and he was in the squad. Okay, cool. Then we're sorted, right? Yeah. So we just we do need that homegrown keeper, though. Yeah, so we went with Galaxy for the keeper, so that's yeah. perfect. Or Szczesny, or Zayla. Or Szczesny, or Zayla. Either, any of the three. Yeah. I do so like the Galaxy idea, though. I really do. I think it makes sense. Yeah, we've spent... Realistically, it makes sense. So, just to go over this then quickly, uh, left eight in midfield, Alexis McAllister. Right eight, Dominic Sebastai. Uh, DM Kone and Taram. Uh, centre back left sided is VDV. Right, uh, the hybrid role, right back type thing, uh, Tyler Adams, goalkeeper Galaxy, and younger Teca Fernandez. And we spent 209, so saving still, um, 71, 71 million, million, which is. And 209 is not unrealistic. Given yeah, and, the sales <laughs> that the club could make. They're, they're, they're all going to be, there's, there's going to be a big hit for not being in the Champions League next season, Gags. Yeah, yeah, we need to save the money. But wages, Dan, will wages not also come down significantly? Well, yeah, we yes, so wages so. will. Wages will come down. Bear in mind, we've they lost, to. you know, five, six hundred thousand a week from players that left on freeze. Yeah. Never mind the other players that we've talked about moving on. Yeah. Um, and That's then when you factor in bonuses as well, just those four players that have already gone, um, there's a saving there of about £40 million a year on the, on the wages bill. Yeah. Um, I reckon talking. combined the eight we're signing would cost around the same as the four we've let go yeah. wages wise and then anything else that's sold is money off the wage bill plus lack of Champions League bonuses to pay exactly yeah it's just you know the, the, um, the, the, if the revenues are going down by 60 million roughly they're not they're not down um, oh, oh so no it's just I mean the drop from the Champions League that's what I meant to the Europe. Yeah, so though obviously we're going to see a big drop in terms of European money from yeah, UEFA, yeah. um, which will be forty to fifty million pounds, we will see increases in other areas. We've right, got the right. opening of the new stand, oh, of course, yeah, got, Nike, um, new commercial deals like Standard Chartered ones taken into effect. So the overall effect of comparing revenue for next season compared to this season is, believe it or not, only ten million pound reduction. Right. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. So it, it's nowhere near as bad as a lot of people first feared. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was really bad. So it's being compensated for in, in some of the commercials, picking up the slack, and then yeah, match but, day. It, but we should still trim the rage bill as well with that. Like we've done with how the, much? Yeah. How much commercial are we actually making with the match day stuff? Revenue extra going up with the with the with the new stand. Well, the, the main well the the stadium should be bringing an extra ten million or so a year. Mm-hmm. And commercial should be up about fifteen to twenty million. Okay, um, but then on top of that, um, the estimate that I came up with was on the basis that we do get back into the top four, so we should have more TV money from the Premier League, and also based on getting to at least the semi-final of the Europa. Whereas this season we only got to the last sixteen of the 
Champions League. So the difference between last 16 Champions League and semi-final or final of the Europa is only about 35 to 40 million pounds. Okay. Okay. Which, which we kind of make up then with the match day and, and, yeah. and the, the, the yeah. improvements in some of the companies. And new stand is, is going to be like, what? We want, we want to delay the first home game by a couple of weeks, don't we? Is that, yeah. is that true? Yeah. Apparently Just to make sure it's all sorted. It, yeah, that's it, right. Uh, yes. There's a bit of a delay there. Um, and um, so I think the first home game will be early September, I believe. <clears throat> yeah. uh, but we'll, obviously we'll still play the full 19 games of the Premier League at home. Mm. And on top of that, we we will be playing, you know, uh, you know, another twelve, fourteen games. Sorry, not twelve, fourteen games. Another six, seven, eight games um, in Europe, and obviously any domestic competitions as well. So, yeah, yeah. I drove up there the other day, guys. Looking, tre- it's looking tremendous. Yeah, I watched the. Uh, yeah, I watched the the thingy coming down. Yes. Oh, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of guys. I think they have YouTube channels. Mm, Somebody started watching. Yeah, with the, the guy was with the it? drone. Yeah, yeah, the live yeah, drone. yeah, yeah. The drone. I was TV watching. Guy. It was live. It was on live, wasn't it? He was oh, doing very, it. very cool. Yeah. yeah, very cool. And they were pulling down the Anfield Road stand. That's quite yeah. historic. No, so Niall, sure. Niall Purcell sent that to me. Um, KJ Image Works is one, and Mr. Drone is the other. Yeah, Mr. Drone. Mm. Yep. They're really good. Um, really good. And to be fair to this is Anfield, they've done a brilliant job with it as well, because obviously they just, one of the, one of the lads lives very local. So he's been by, they've had their drone up as well, and they've, they've taken some great pictures. Mm-hmm. Been great. Um, but that, folks, is the Transfer Committee podcast for the summer of 2023. Let's see how much of that does actually happen. Um, it's interesting. This is a long, long pod, long ass pod, two hours. So you can take your time listening. Well, you would have already listened to it now by now. No point me saying it now, is there? But yeah, hope you've enjoyed it and, uh, stuck with us. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's see what happens. It's going to be a great start with the Mac signing. And that really puts everybody in a positive way. I think listening to Mo there with the numbers money-wise, that actually makes me feel a lot better as well. So uh, fingers crossed for a successful year for Liverpool and all of us get out of the doldrums a little. Yeah, thank you, Dave, Mo and Dan for your hard work as always. And I just come here and chill and make decisions and stuff like that. So yeah, appreciate it. Start work on the January transfer window list now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do work in advance. Window at six months to a year in advance. Yeah. Uh, we're still working to Edward's model. There was five right. windows in advance, that was, allegedly. Good deal. <laughs> Didn't see me, did it, after a while. Yeah, well, that's because somebody <laughs> got in his way. If somebody hadn't gotten in his way, God knows what would have happened. We'd probably have a couple more titles and a, at least one more Champions League. Who knows? Right. A chat for another day. Uh, maybe an old school. We'll have to get one together. But thank you, folks. And, um, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Have a great evening. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index 
and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.